And welcome in to the Hitstick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Mike Seta, and I am back. Joined, as always, by the soulless canine, Rydog. What the fuck is up, Denny's Remote. Remote and, of time. course, not the quarterback, Chris Sims. How's it going? How's it going? Well, before we get started, I just want to remind everyone to uh, hit us up on all those social media platforms at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, feel free to uh, follow our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Soda. I'm at the real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. And for any long form feedback questions, recommendations, send us an email, hitstickfancy at gmail.com. So uh, we got a big, big show for you guys. We're going to, uh, I believe, wrap up the uh, divisional breakdowns with the NFC North today. And we are fully remote. We are fully remote. Yep. You guys are actually not near me today, which is weird. Yeah, yeah not I feel to the good. Left to be not sitting across from me. It is on the screen in front of me. On the to the screen to the left of me, <laughs> right? You guys are you guys are both on top of me on my screen. Oh, oh, that's that sounds kinky, but all right. A real power bottom in my case. <laughs> <laughs> so all so, right. Well, before uh, we jump into it, how's everyone doing? Any well, news we got to break down before we jump into the teams? I just want you guys to all know that I personally survived the Brees Hall holdout of 2022. That lasted there a, a holdout? A, a, it lasted a full two hours. <laughs> we got a sleeper notification they, today that Brees Hall was holding out, and then two hours later it was Brees Hall's in the building. He's going to sign his rookie contract. So uh, thank, thank God right? I turned those notifications off. I had a good time. It was on my Twitter notifications too. Set up. Oh, okay. Has your opinion changed? You weren't here last week, but has your opinion changed at all on Zach Wilson, given that we now know he's no. the Cougar Slayer? No. He's not, not moved up in your rankings? No, he's probably like behind some of the backup quarterbacks in my rankings. You, you don't, I mean, now that he's throwing bombs and fucking bombs, you're not into that? Mm, no, still he's not. not jumping at least one spot for you. Do he I like him? Spot for me. Do I like him better as a person? Yes. Do I like him as a fantasy <laughs> player? No, not at all. I love that his girlfriend, like, or ex girlfriend tried to like roast him for that, and the entire world's just like, no, this dude's awesome. Nice. So nice. Nice. All right, well, you guys ready to jump right into this? Let's jump Let's right into it. it. NFC Play North. Play music, white boy. All righty, so we are going to get started with the Chicago Bears. And honestly, Dumb probably Bears. one of the... Uh, better players on this Bears roster. Uh, we're going to go ahead and let uh, Chris get us started with. Yeah, I want to talk about David Montgomery, running back for said Chicago Bears. Um, he is a player that I'm definitely interested in this year. I'm going to pull up his ADP real quick here and kind of get a feel for it. Um, All reliable RB2, David Montgomery. And, and, you know, that's what he is. He's a perfect RB2 in my opinion. Right now we are looking at him as the RB15 on average here, um, going r- sandwiched right in between Leonard Fournette and Antonio Gibson, which a little piece of news just to backpedal. I don't know if you guys heard or not, but uh, the Tampa Bay uh, coaching staff is not happy with Leonard Fournette at all right now. So no, he's 260 pounds. Yeah. So, but um, I, I like, I really like Montgomery there. I think going, you know, at that RB 15 spot, that is like literally the perfect place to get him. Um, you know, he's a he's one of those running backs. If you do get in a position where like so. In my opinion, for like David Montgomery, like the ideal situation is like, let's say you got like one of those back end first round picks and you kind of, you know, you were at that position where you said, fuck it, I'm going to take Cooper Cup or I'm going to take Jefferson or Jamar Chase or whoever. 
Montgomery is right there as your savior, as one of those running backs you can get in that third or fourth round territory where you're going to get volume, and that's what he is. He is a great volume back, and he has the ability in the correct matchup to give you RB1 numbers. I would not want to start a season with him as my RB1, but volume-wise, he, he's a great fit. I, I, I like Montgomery this year a lot. I'm higher on him than I've been in previous years. Yeah, that's the one thing about him is I – I agree with you completely. I would not be comfortable with him as my RB1. If I walked away from a draft with him as my RB1, I'm a little terrified because his ceiling, yeah, he had that one year where he was like the RB4 on the year. But in an offense that's kind of like a slow, like they're they're all young. They're all trying to like find their own way. The production is not going to be there for every single one of these guys. So I don't know if his ceiling is really a top 10 guy and that's what you want out of your RB1. But he is somebody who, if I am taking an RB in the first round, which I plan on doing most of the time, which everyone plans on doing most of the time, I am loving him as my RB too. Fuck off, Seta. RBs are the way to go. Mm, yeah, I don't know. He he. For me, uh, Montgomery is a little like scary. I think he's going mid third round, like three hundred six. Yeah, and, and it's not because himself as a player is scary. It's I think he's just such a safe pick. I don't think he's going to help win you games, but he won't like lose you any. I think he's going to get that solid like 10, 15, like maybe max out on 15 points because I don't know if there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities for the Chicago Bears this year. And I don't know how big of a passing, you know, ability he has with, you know, the younger, quicker Khalil Herbert there. So my whole thing with him is I feel like he's just kind of like one of those old school runners that's he's a solid runner. But the scoring opportunities and the touchdown opportunities is what kind of scares me with him in the third round. Yeah, and for whatever it's worth, uh, he's actually pretty good at catching the ball. And I, I don't I don't agree with you with the younger, faster Khalil Herbert. I mean, Khalil Herbert was, I, I, if, correct me if I'm mistaken, I might be wrong. I think he was undrafted last year by a regime that's not even on the S- team anymore. Sixth round. Was he sixth round? I knew it was either later undrafted, but regardless, that the regime that drafted him is not even there anymore. Now, I like Khalil Herbert. I think he's one of the one of the dark horse handcuffs in the league. But I, don't, I just think Montgomery offers that level of security. And, like, he is a prime person for, like, you know, like, let's say you got a top-notch running back with your first over your first round pick, and then you decided to get Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs in the second round. Somehow that happened. You can get Montgomery as your RB2, and you're set up nice. Or if you get in a position where you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and get a stacked setup of, like, Justin Jefferson and, like, Tyreek Hill again or Devontae Adams or whatever – you're not going to be left for dead with Montgomery as your RB1 because volume-wise, he will keep you with a nice security blanket. But I agree with you, Said. He doesn't really have that ceiling. So 200-plus yeah, touches is something to love, but I don't see him doing too, 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 too much with it. Yeah, I, th- I just feel like there's a lot of guys that have a little bit more higher potential, and that's kind of what I'm shooting for, that high in my drafts. But we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, my guy, and that is the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and that's Mr. Justin Fields. And right now, I know last season he did not finish well, um, but he's being drafted at quarterback 17. And in almost every rankings and everyone I listen to, they all have Trey Lance going in the top 12 or right after that. And what I don't understand is we barely saw Trey Lance play, yet Justin Fields got all of that work, and I feel like they're very similar players. Now, Justin Fields isn't a guy who runs the ball like crazy, but he does move around in the pocket really, really well to move the ball down the field. So that's what I like about Justin Fields is he's not afraid to use his legs, has a little bit of that upside, and he's pretty much free. He's very cheap. 
and you don't have to get him as your first quarterback in your fantasy league, you can pair him up who has the upside to finish in the top 10 if he does take a step this year. So for me personally, I, I'm a little worried for Fields. I just and it sucks too because I love the player. I think he's a great like he could be good. He could be phenomenal. But I'm just worried he's going to be another player that gets lost in the cracks of the NFL because he just doesn't get a real chance. I'm not exactly thrilled with what that team did to fix his situation in the offseason. You know, I like Darnell Mooney, but Darnell Mooney is just finding his own footing as a true alpha wide receiver in this league. And they didn't really get anybody, if anything, Fields lost, like, weapons because there's no more Allen Robinson and there's nothing else really there. So I, I will say that for where you're getting him, it's not a bad value because he is the kind of guy that could finish in the top five because he has the rushing upside. But for me, just personally, there are some guys after him that I would personally just feel more comfortable taking a stab on. Guys like Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, and even Deshaun Watson, depending on what the status of his uh, suspension is. I mean, granted, once that comes out, his ADP is going to probably significantly change. But no, I'm just a little scared of Fields. But there, there is upside to be had, so I'll give you that. Well, there's crazy upside to be had because you're right. He does have the rushing upside. I think he is the perfect super flex or two QB league type of guy where you don't have to immediately go and hammer another quarterback right out of the first round. You can go and get guys to fill in your roster and then throw him on your as your second option. I think he's got he's got good talent around him. I think Darnell Mooney's awesome. I think uh, Cole Komet's going to come into his own. You know, they do have a solid run game and a solid offensive line that I think the production really will be there for Fields this year. And I think he's going to come into his own. So I'm with Seta. I do like Fields a lot this year. Yeah. And if he was going where I see like the Trey Lances go or in that top like 12, 13, I would probably be off on him. But going that late, like most of those guys around him, they don't have that upside to get a couple rushing touchdowns throughout the season. So that's why I uh, am definitely going to be interested in getting Fields this year as like my second option if I get a safer one earlier in my draft but um let's go ahead and move on to one of his uh pass catchers ryan who's your guy my guy's mr darnell mooney uh to the moon mooney to the moon i can't believe you said i didn't pick this one to be honest with you well uh sneak peek i might be talking about him a lot more in another episode coming soon oh little uh foreshadowing there that's a a big tt's right there is what that was yes mooney was awesome last year he uh he set the league on fire. He finished as the wide receiver 23 overall. When everyone was expecting Allen Robinson to be a stud, Allen Robinson tanked and Mooney Riz. He saw 140 targets, which is crazy. Not something that anyone would project for him. And he did a lot with what he did with what he had. He was 14th in the league for target share overall. And that is on a low passing offense is something you really, really like to see out of your prime wide receiver. And he's going right now as a wide receiver 33 overall. I, He's being drafted, I think, below his floor. So Darnell Mooney is somebody who, with no more Robinson, with Justin Fields taking his year two jump, with a couple of other guys they've added, I think Darnell Mooney might might really be wide receiver two potential. Yeah, I'm all in on Mooney. I I mean, you know, Chris was highlighting why he doesn't like Fields all that much because of his lack of weapons, but that's a perfect situation for the pass catchers too. I mean, when you look at teams in the history that were going – in that top, you know, 15 range, it was usually a solidified target share, a decent quarterback, and most likely teams that are going to be having to pass the ball a lot. And that fits the that fits the book with Darnell Mooney. I'm all on him. I think he could definitely finish in the top 20 this year. 
So I'm going to be drafting him probably a round or two early in every one of my drafts. Yeah, I, I, I like Mooney. I'm not I'm not against Mooney at all just because of the target share. There's nobody else there besides Cole Komet to take targets. So Darnell Mooney should see a very healthy, nice dose of targets there. Um, I wouldn't go as bold as saying top 20. He's definitely not going to be in there for me, but I could, I could see the appeal. I'm not going to argue it. Yeah, but I don't think he finishes, you know, outside of injury below wide receiver 33 where he's being drafted right now. I do think he, yeah, he should be a wide receiver three. Like he should be in the top thirty-six, in my opinion, personally. I, where he falls in that is kind of you know a wild card. But like I agree with you, I I would bring that number back to thirty-six. I don't see him being outside of a wide receiver three. With the, with right, the volume, well, does anyone have uh, anything else to talk about for the Chicago Bears? Nope. Um, Let's go on Cole to Komet, Detroit. Take him oh, as your late tight end. He'll I be like fine. Ron Fire. I'm, well, I might be talking about him at some point. I, I like Cole Komet a lot. I think that for all the, the main reasons, there is a large target share open on this team for somebody to step up to, and Cole Komet has the ability to do it. And he was, but he a, just hasn't. He hasn't shown it. Well, he has shown it. He's been very, very good. He just hasn't scored he, touchdowns. He he's scored over ten points like once. It's because he doesn't get touchdowns. Career. He gets no I mean, touchdowns. That's the problem. I mean, there's tight ends that don't score that many touchdowns. And now not kill Harry. Ten points. Did you saying to kill Harry? Yeah. What? No. Like. Okay. We're talking about Nikhil Harry. We need to. <laughs> All right. But. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. I to, like Cole uh, Komet though, for whatever it's worth. Mister Biting the kneecaps, head coach for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Detroit. I'm gonna go ahead and get started with my guy because this is a guy you're probably not gonna have to draft, but it's a guy you definitely want to keep your eye on, and that's Mister Jameson Williams. He's the rookie out of Alabama, arguably the best receiver in the class, maybe a top three, depending on who you who you listen to. But right now he's going at wide receiver 59, 146 overall, and you might not need to draft him. But this is a guy who can develop, just like Darnell Mooney, into that number one option when it comes down the stretch. He may be starting the league on or starting the season on the pup, but he has that ability to be a number one target. And I think he can easily overtake Amon Ra as the number one target there. And it's it's just so it's it's plain and simple. He's a better player than him. And that's the reason why they moved up to get him. And that's the reason why he was talked about as a first round receiver. Now you may have to wait a little bit. You may have to stash him on your bench, play the waiver wire for him. But when it comes to winning your championship, winning the playoffs, it's what happens at the end of the season that matters, not what happens at the beginning. Yeah, Jameson Williams might have been the most talented wide receiver in this draft. And that injury is what kind of, you know, made him fall even <sighs> as little as he did. He was the twelfth pick overall wasn't even the most talented receiver on his team. That's why he had to leave. Literally, he got beat out by Olave and Garrett Wilson. He had to leave OSU to go play on another team because he couldn't even beat out them. And he saw yeah, but Jigba nobody could beat like, out the nobody's Ohio State wide receivers. Out. I mean, they're in this class. And you're saying he's the most talented receiver in this I, class. He When he finished his year, when he was... There at Alabama, he was the most talented receiver out of this class. Yeah. If he that. didn't, if he didn't get injured in the bowl game, he would have been drafted first. You don't think he's taken? He would have probably Drake been drafted London? over Dra- Drake London. I don't know if he, he definitely probably would have been a little bit higher. I don't know if he'd have been over Drake London. It he like would have the been Falcons. the first wide receiver. I, I, it seemed like the Falcons wanted Drake London, so I, I don't look. I don't hate it. I, I I'm not off of Monroe St. Brown. I like Monroe St. Brown a lot more than I like Jamison Williams this year, and it's just. You're getting a rookie wide receiver that is starting the season on the pup with an old school style head coach that is absolutely going to make this dude do earn his place on this team. And I, I mean, it's possible. I'll keep my eye on him for sure. Like he's definitely going to be. I agree with Seta. Like he's not going to be on my radar. I want to know what he's doing when he gets on the field, but I just don't know when he's going to be on the field. And for my redraft purpose leagues, 
that's a little bit concerning, especially when you look at the fact that, yeah, Jamison Williams is good, but he's not Jamar Chase-level good. He's not Justin Jefferson-level good. It's not, you know, your typical rookie wideouts don't do that. They don't just come onto the scene and blow up. So Yeah, but we've been seeing it year in and year out where they come in more and more ready. I mean, even if he gives you a second half of the season of what, like, Devonta Smith gave you, where you're getting him pretty much free, that's going to help your team. If you have any other bigger injuries in, you know, the first few picks of your draft, that's going to be a solid flex play. And the Detroit Lions have showed, even though they have an old-school head coach, they were in a lot of shootouts. I mean, they're the, the, the people that were winning games last year had Amon Ra, had TJ Hawkinson, had Swift. Like, they still have very viable fantasy options. So even though it is more old-school style, I still think that they're going to try to be competitive in every game. They're not going to roll over, oh, they're not, and they're going to try to they're come they're back. They're not rolling over. I agree with that 100%. My issue is just Amon Ross St. Brown. I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he is the exact size and weight and mold of Robert Woods. He's, I mean, and I'm not going to go too in-depth. Well, Ryan, you're against him, and that's your guy. Can, can we just, lead into this? Let's just flip yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, do you want to get started with your guy? I do, because I'm going to talk about Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. I like him. I'm in. He's ass. No, he's not. He's not ass. Okay, I'm I'm joking there. I'm messing with Chris. Say, He's not you, ass. You dropped 28 points in a game. But exactly, and that's why people are drafting him so high. He's going as the wide receiver 26 right now in I fantasy don't hate football. That at all, the wide receiver 26. Him and Mooney should be switched at worst. No, he should not be going top 30. You're letting listen. All right, vast majority of his fantasy points came in the last five week or the last six games of the season. Hey, Ryan, uh, who was out for those games? Oh, the Detroit what, a, what a weird coincidence, because those were the happened to be the games that TJ Hawkinson was hurt and missed. Oh, yeah. Oh, what did I say oh, before we weird. got into this? What did, we, what did I say hey, to you before nah. we jumped into this? Who else was a little bit banged up and not playing so well during some of those games except for the last two? Oh, DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah, he was out too. That's weird. Yeah, we oh, talk that's about weird. Uh, Who did they not also have on their roster last year that they just signed this year for a one-year $10 million deal to be another weapon in that offense? Hmm, DJ Shark. Oh, don't even say his name. Don't wait. We don't got time to waste on an You don't pay players. one year $10 million for a wide receiver if you don't plan on using them, Tell right? that to the Jaguars who made Christian Kirk the highest paid wide receiver to ever play the game and for Christian three days. Christian Kirk will be used. I, I'm just saying. I don't I don't think Listen, DJ Chark is going to be shit. He's no, not. DJ Chark's a former 1,000-yard receiver. Like right, six so years ago? I mean, anyway, like three, but so. let me continue on here. I'm still making my points. So we talked about Jameson Williams being taken top 12 overall when he comes back. He'll be right on the field. Uh, what else does Amon Ra have working against him? Uh, Jared Goff, a guy who has thrown more than 30 touchdowns one time in his career. Yeah, but that's what, that's what he does. One time. One but, time. It, it, the touchdowns isn't where Amon Ra makes his money. It's the receptions over the middle, and that's what Goff does. Goff uses that but short, not intermediate routes. He's not going to see 12 targets a game when no. everyone is out there. But you're sitting... His in- best case scenario is that everyone else gets hurt again, and he's the last domino standing. He's a fourth-round wide receiver. He should not be going top 30 overall in fantasy football for one year in five games where nobody else. I could have been the wide receiver, too, on that team. No, you couldn't have. You have no athletic ability whatsoever. That's why you get drunk and play golf every weekend. But I think, I think the Cy <laughs> Young definitely could have been the wide receiver. one. No, there. I, the, but the thing is, you're referring to last year when he was a top seven wide receiver to finish out the year. Nobody he was is number pro- two. Number yeah, two. Nobody's proclaiming that. We're not drafting him as the wide receiver two. No, but you're drafting him as a top 30 guy. Yeah, that's where he is. He's a wide receiver two slash three. 
A lot. I mean, there's a lot, everything you just said. There, that team gets in shootouts a lot. That's a high-scoring division. He's got a quarterback that can't throw the ball deep. He is the slot receiver. He's the person that gets the He enemy. hyper-targets the tight end with TJ Hawkins. He's going to hyper-target. He hyper-targets Robert Woods. And Amon Ross St. Brown is Robert, Robert Woods. I, I, I agree with everything Ryan's saying. I don't see the upside in Amon Ra. I feel like he is going to hurt your team. He may have some good spike weeks in the beginning of the season. But as soon as Jameson Williams comes back with that whole receiving core and the, all those pass catchers with Swift, all those guys, it's just going to be a lot to go around. And frankly, he is the third most talented. I would say maybe fourth most talented pass catcher behind those three guys I keep naming. Swift, yeah, but- Hawkinson, and Jameson Williams. And when it comes down to it, talent wins all. And that's what's going to happen on this Detroit Lions team. They're not going to be scoring. 55 points a game so there's only so much to go around i just don't yeah, know how you gonna can happen. tell Here, i will lay out the situation exactly how it's going to happen you're, you're going to draft gonna get him your crystal in the balls. fifth sixth round with your you know wide receiver 30 or whatever number you're going to play him in your starting lineup for those first two weeks when he gets you two points he'll live on your bench for the next six weeks where he keeps getting two points and then he's on the waiver wire that is yeah, what's going to happen he's, he's going in the fifth round right now and yeah. that's that's a Good risky fucking pick. luck winning your fantasy league taking Wait, amon ross st brown in the fifth round I like him on round. I don't know for sure if I'm going to take him in the fifth round just because there are some guys after him on 80. Like, he's going a little bit. I mean, Michael Thomas is going before him. I absolutely want him over Michael Thomas. I would take Cortland Sutton over him, though, who's going a little bit after him. I also really like Elijah Moore. Those are some guys that are after him that I'm really into. You got Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, Juju, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bates, I wouldn't take Robert Juju. Woods. Like, there, there's so many. I other... would take all of those guys over him. I would, I would probably take him Russell, in the I'd probably, probably take Russell Gage over him because That's he's going to give you the same amount of production. Exactly. He's going to give you better production. What? Yeah, the first few weeks of the season. You guys are just Chris Godwin's going to come back. I, okay, sorry. Let's, so put your money where your mouth is. In. We'll go from the second Jamison Williams steps back on this field. I'll give. I'll take Amon Ross St. Brown versus Jamison Williams from that point on. As long well, as they're well, both what healthy. Amon Ra for who? Amon Ross St. Brown versus Jamison Williams, but we don't start the bet until Jamison Williams is playing. All right. I'll take that any day of the week. Okay. Yeah. What are we betting? Uh, we can bet something to disclose later. Let's move on, Chris. What do you have for Mr. DeAndre Swift? Well, Amon Ross. No, I'm kidding. So uh, let's talk. Amon Ross St. Our... DeAndre Swift. Running back for the Detroit Lions. I am all in on DeAndre Swift this year. He is a running back that is going in the second round. Um, what's his RB overall? He's 10th ten- overall, uh, ADP of 15. Yeah, that is a great spot for a guy that, in my opinion, has the ability to finish as the wide or as the running back one. It's not like a hundred. I mean, I wouldn't. It's not going to rank that way, but he's somebody that can. In 2021, he had the most yards created per touch among all running backs. He was the RB7 through the first 11 weeks of the year before he got hurt. He's also an interesting um, stat that I have written down here. He's one of only seven running backs over the last decade to have 100-plus receptions and 15 touchdowns in his first two seasons. So, And when you factor in these metrics, he he is somebody that's capable of finishing as the RB1. So... I, what I like the most about that is you can get him in the second round. So if you get a late second round pick and you want to take Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams or one of your favorite, insert favorite wide receiver here, you can still get a dominant top-notch RB1 with high, high pass catching appeal in the early second round. So I, I'm in. Yeah, Sign me up. I, don't, I don't disagree too much with Swift. I think he's definitely a solid fantasy player. Um, and he was one of my favorite running backs coming out. 
I'm just, uh, you know, nervous for that script. And hopefully he just, just overtakes. I know in the beginning of the season last year with Jamal Williams, they were kind of splitting a little bit. Even though Swift was still dominant in those in those scenarios, he wasn't living up to a, like a second round hype though at that point. So that's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous is I hope he does take over that full bell cow role and he'll easily you know play up to that second round ADP any day. So I'm not against Swift, but there are a little bit of situations that make me a little nervous with him because of the the level of the offense and most likely playing from behind a little bit. Yeah, leading I mean, to less I mean, carries. I love Swift a lot this year too, Chris. I can't, I can't lie to you there. Uh, he's, he's somebody uh, that you can get in the second round that just has such high upside. Yeah, he's one of those, you know, back end RB one, high end RB two types that I'm comfortable with being my RB one overall. If I go wide receiver or tight end or something in the first round, I'm okay. I'm actually stoked if I take DeAndre Swift as my first running back. Yeah, and I would even take. I mean, I like Javante Williams, who's going ahead of him. Like I like. Javante, I'm taking Swift over him. I agree. I'd re- and I love Javante, but I, I I agree for this year for 2022, he, Swift is a smash value in the second. So yep, yeah. I think I think he's a solid pick, and he may turn into be one of those like league winners that finishes in the top five this year. And if you took him in the second round, and your first round pick actually hits, which is also very very tough, you you could be in a good spot. Um, do you guys have anyone else you want to go over with the Detroit Lie Downs? DJ Shark, wide receiver two. Not at all. Just um, kidding. all right. I love Quiet Hawkinson now. though, just for whatever it's worth. I'm not scared of him at all. I think he's a good pick at the tight end position. So Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Go Pack Go, the Green Bay Packers. And I've tried to avoid it all show because I know he hates going first. But Ryan, get us started. Yeah, I'm really bummed I'm going first on this one because this is the guy I actually do have like no notes on because I don't know what to say about this guy. Yeah, I'm scared on him. You know, he's going right now as the QB twelve. Finishes the QB six last year, won the MVP. He's Aaron fucking Rodgers, man. He, I, I don't know what point to make. Cause I would say like, I don't plan on drafting him cause he has no rushing upside and he just lost his best weapon, the best wide receiver in the league and Devonte Adams, but Aaron Rodgers just makes magic happen. So he might turn out another 4,000 yard and 40 touchdown season and win an MVP and lo- lose in the second round of the playoffs as usual. And you're fine with that for fantasy football, <laughs> but I, like I said, I don't know where to take him. I'm fine with him at QB 12. Yeah, I think that's a solid spot for him. Um, but Aaron Rodgers does make me a little bit nervous. And the main thing is, like, I think there's a lot of recency bias that comes down with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he has played, like, the best player in the NFL over the last, like, two years or so with, like, 100 touchdowns and, like, back-to-back ten, MVPs and, and to- 10 total interceptions. Like, that's a crazy stat where... He's he has not consistently done that throughout his career. He's had good seasons for sure, but it's almost been like, you know, every year he goes up and down, up and down. And now that he doesn't have a solidified number one option, that may take a little bit for him to come along this year. And, you know, he feels a little risky for me to be my number one quarterback in fantasy. So being a top 12, you're in a 12 team league. You're going to probably have to start him, you know, so. I don't know. It's a little risky for me. But if you're getting him in the double digit rounds, like that's, I think that moves past risky. That's like, that's almost safe. You know, he hasn't been outside of a top 12 quarterback, you know, in a full healthy season, I think almost in his entire career. Like the dude just make, he makes magic happen. You know, you got to admit, like there is something like he signed a deal with the devil or something because Aaron Rodgers just does it. He goes out, he's a top probably four quarterback of all time. Whoa, that's, that's a little much. 
You don't think think so? I love Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think I can put someone in the top four with only one Super Bowl win. Um, Obviously, Super Bowls are working against him. Yeah, that one Super Bowl win is like the blemish on his career. But other than that, the dude's won multiple MVPs. He's highly efficient. His touchdown to interception ratio is ridiculous. Like, I think when he matched uh, Brett Favre's touchdown totals, like for career-wise, he had like 300 less interceptions than uh, Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre had the touchdown lead and the, the interception lead. As well, so. <laughs> but yeah, I know. And I'm not saying that it's it's impossible for him to finish like he has been the last few years. I just think without Devontae Adams, it's almost like less likely. But exactly. I think I think like what you said was my main point is, you know, he's going so late that, you know, it, it's worth the risk. Because if he does finish in the top five, then you you crush that value at, you know, ninety three overall quarterback twelve. I'm a little worried about him going like mid to late seventh round. I just think at that point in time, if I'm not, is that where he's going? And that's yeah, 93. That's one quarterback leagues. Um, yeah, from what I'm seeing on, uh, let me just double check, make sure I don't have it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's like towards the end of the seventh. Yeah, 93 yep. overall. So I mean, and that's that's just the only thing I don't like is if I'm going to use a seventh round, if I'm using a top eight pick on a quarterback, I need to know that this is a guy I can start week in and week out and i don't know that with aaron Rodgers right now but so, you do know that i mean you know his job is safe you know that he's you know he makes things happen like we've talked about he's gonna throw four thousand yards maybe he's he yeah. lost the best receiver the, in the league That's, yeah he's at the end of that like top tier quarterbacks for me in fantasy but it just i think the main thing is like Devonte adams gone like who who is he gonna target That's, and one of the biggest guys he's going to target is the guy actually I'm going to talk about. Go ahead. And that's Mr. Big Bob Tanyan. And he Tanyan, is... Tanyan, Tanyan. Well, so you know yeah. about Tanyan, right? Because to... I, I agree with everything you're saying, Seth, and I was on that train too. But it looks Tanyan is actually reportedly not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. Let me pull up this. Because I have him in a league, and I, I was excited about him. But um, yeah, Tanyan may not be ready week one. He's still struggling coming back from that injury last year, which really sucks because I was excited for and, him. And it's kind of a, it kind of uh, falls along the same lines as Jameson Williams. You know, when you're going into drafts and you're, you know, spending the first few round picks on guys that are injured, that's very risky. Like a Chris Godwin type, that's a guy that would make me a little nervous. I know Ryan said he was all about him in the previous show, but that's a nervous one. But when you're getting a guy who's the tight end 17, who's finished in the top 10 before with no other reliable options out there, I'll take that risk because I'm not going to make him my only tight end. I'm going to pair him up with a couple of guys that are down there with him, like a Noah Font, David Njoku, Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett. And and I can use those guys in the first few weeks of the season until Robert comes along. And then, boom, Big Bontanian is going to come in there and score 10, 15 touchdowns this year because there's going to be no one else to catch him. Yeah, I, I have no problem taking Robert Tunyon. Now, Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, uh, that's completely um, up to – if somebody wants to use that pick on him, I'm for it. But if you want it personally, I would just at that point punt the position and shoot for Matt Ryan, Derek Carr a little bit later. That's what I'm saying. But He's the hardest quarterback to gauge he really is, right yeah. now in fantasy football. But I like Tunyon because Tunyon – I mean, we saw when Tunyon was on the field a few years ago, he is – I mean, there is no, – now that Devontae Adams is gone, he is absolutely, based off of just what we have with data – and past situations, he should be the first look when they get in the red zone in the pass game. So I, yeah, I like and that. he he's going in the very beginning of the thirteenth round. Like yeah, that's pretty much free. You're you're taking stabs in the dark at that point in your fantasy draft. Yep. Most likely, some of those guys will be up and down in your roster every year. So taking the guy who's a solidified possible number one option that late, I'm all about it. 
Um, let's go ahead and move on to Mr. Sims running back for the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to talk Aaron Jones running back for, as you just said, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I actually have gone full circle on him. And I mean, I was originally kind of off him in the beginning of the season, like, you know, talking like dynasty trades and stuff like that. And now I think he's kind of slipped to a value just because with the departure of Devonte Adams, he's currently going as the running back 12 number uh, 20 overall. This is, I mean, this is literally like copy and paste a lot of the stuff I just said about DeAndre Swift. He's a running back you can get in the second round that can give you RB1 production. We have a long history of just data, and I know it's not the fun and exciting stuff, but it is important things when you factor into fantasy football. There's 170 vacated targets on this team from Devontae Adams alone by himself, not even factoring in Valdis Scantling or any of the other pass catchers that left that team last year. And we have seen when a team gets a large number of vacated targets like that, they often go to the running back position of large majority of them. So, and Aaron Jones is one of the players on that team right now that has the trust of Aaron Rodgers and is actually a very capable pass catcher. So from any kind of a PPR format to get a running back like him in the second round, I actually, I think he's a huge value right now. Yeah, I love Aaron Jones, and going at RB12, let's just say I wouldn't be talking about this if he was going to be my hit of the year, but he is my personal running back six on the year. So I am all on Aaron Jones. I don't think there's a world where this guy does not ball out this season aside from injuries. Like I don't even if AJ Dillon has a reliable role and he's getting carries, I don't it doesn't matter to me. I think we can see a 15 touchdown year from Aaron Jones this year. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. It will be a 15 touchdown year and even AJ Dillon will still have a solid role too and probably get another 5 to 10 touchdowns. Like it's going to be this, I don't know what to do with the Packers. I hate it. I, I know to draft Aaron Jones. That's 100% of the thing. Uh, yep, he's my RV7 personally. I don't know exactly where I have him, but I, I'm really in on him this year. I think he's a great value. He's somebody that, you know, he can. We've seen him be a top five running back in the past, so we know he's capable of it. So, yeah. All right. I mean, you guys got anyone else you want to talk about for the Green Bay Packers? I know I do like A.J. Dillon a lot as not only a handcuff, but a, uh, you know, a, a zero RB target. Um, but that's pretty much. You know, I'll take some stabs at Christian Watson Same. and Alan Lazard I was say really that too. late. Yep. But other than that, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to get him. If I'm hurting at that position later in my draft and they keep sliding, maybe take a look at him. But not a guy I'm going out of my way for. Yeah, Alan Lazard going as wide receiver 47 and Watson going as wide receiver 54. I'm taking those stabs every day because one of them is going to be a wide receiver three at worst. One of them yeah. will. Yeah, I feel like this team and the Kansas City Chiefs are very, very similar. Like, yep. I'm not too confident in any of the players aside from like one guy, like a Travis Kelsey or an Aaron Jones, but I'm still going to risk taking some of those other players because of the offense. Because you know that one of them will pop off. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our last team, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. Skull. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go ahead and. Uh, let myself go first, and that is Mr. Captain Kirk, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And this is a guy who finished at quarterback sick last year, and still no respect is getting put on his name. <laughs> he is at quarterback 15 right now, behind guys like Trey Lance and Derek Carr and some of those other guys. And he's going around two on fields and Lawrence. Like, this is a guy who is going to be very, very safe, even with a 
defensive-minded head coach last year, he was still so, so productive for you. And now you're getting a pass-oriented, offensive-minded coach. He's going to let that ball fly around the field. And you saw it in Washington. He has the ability to throw over 4,000 yards, to throw a bunch of touchdowns with a young emerging phenom star in Justin Jefferson, solid running back in Cook and Madison. And you have other reliable weapons aside from that number one guy. I love Kirk Cousins. And if I don't get one of those top 10, top 12 guys, this is going to be one of my favorite guys to target later in drafts. Yeah, Kirk Cousins has been somebody who I've had on I think most of my fantasy teams the last like three years, ever since he's been in Minnesota, he is, like you said, he's a, he's a high floor, low ceiling type of guy. He's a solid quarterback that you could play every week. You know, he's probably going to toss two to three touchdowns and, you know, limit turnovers. The lack of rushing upside really brings his ceiling down, but he's probably the safest quarterback you can get in that range. Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. So for me, it would kind of depend on the strategy I'm going for. If I'm, Looking to just get one quarterback, I'll probably go Rodgers. If I'm looking to double up with some upside, like a Kirk Cousins and a Justin Fields, I would probably lean Kirk Cousins, depending on you know the solidity of my other positions. Yeah, for where Kirk Cousins is going, I think he's a good value. He has arguably the best receiver in the league. You can make that statement and not sound crazy. I know that that's you know that a lot of people don't agree with that. Which hey, is listen, fair, I love Adam Thielen. What? The fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> so, I thought he was talking about KJ Osborne. Oh yeah, my bad. That was definitely. No, I'm talking, talking about Amir Smith. Amir Smith, our set. Hey, I like that kid. Is. That's a dynasty stash for you, dynasty homers. All right, all right. Let's but, let's get it moving. No, all right, I love Ryan, Go ahead and let's get it going. Who who's your guy? Me, Ryan? my guy. Yeah, yeah I guess. it's always been my guy. You don't even have to ask questions. It's Mr. Dalvin Cook. Wait, that's your guy? I thought you hated him. I fucking went him. Cincinnati. I, that's, oh, how I feel about, that's how I feel about him. No, listen, Dalvin Cook is like, a wait, stud. What, you like Dalvin Cook? Love Dalvin Cook. <laughs> All right, that, that was Make sure next week I have the sound effects. Oh, cause... you don't get the sound effects when we're working remote. I have full control of this. I'm completely yeah. out of control like, over I don't here. Like I, don't, I don't like this either. You blew it! Yeah, no. that, was, that one's for you. You play He's that a, for yourself. Oh, no, you guys yeah. blew it. You're the one that let me take this home. Anywho, Dalvin Cook, RB1 wow. for the Minnesota Vikings. He's a solid running back, you know. He's a solid running back, you a know. Very <laughs> solid running back. He he gets paid a lot of money to play running back for the Minnesota Vikings. He uh he does a lot with his opportunities whenever he plays 75% of the snaps, which is <laughs> not too frequently these days because he has been a little banged up. He's a little risky, you know. But I'm taking Dalvin Cook everywhere I can. If he plays 75% of snaps, he gets 20 fantasy points. He's up there with CMC. Uh, another thing going for is while he only had six touchdowns last year, he was fourth in the league in goal line carries. You know, those are numbers you like to see. Those numbers are going to go up. His touchdowns are going to go up. You have been shifting back and forth from a Minnesota native to a Southern native. And it's, it's very confusing, but very, listen, listen, you holder. <laughs> don't, don't judge me right now. <laughs> Dalvin cook is, he was a massive disappointment last year, but that's just meaning his ADP will fall, you see. He's going as the RB5 right now when he was going as the RB2 last year. That's not overdraft. I'm taking him right there at RB5. Have fun with that. I'm not. I got, I got a little Irish with that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you're doing with those accents. I think you should just talk normal. I'll um, talk normal. No, I love Dalvin Cook. I, I'm not. I think Dalvin Cook's a guy that I, I think I highlighted earlier in the offseason, like, He's not a guy I want to go out of my way to get, but if that's who I'm stuck with and a lot of other guys go in front of him, I'm not going to be mad, but I feel like I would still rather have guys who are going after him, like me, a Joe Mixon, a Najee, a Swift. 
You know, like those are guys that I would probably rather have over him. Joe Mixon is the only one of those guys you named that I would rather have over Dalvin Cook this year because Dalvin Cook is my RB5 with Mixon as my four. Najee, Mixon, Nick Chubb, Swift, Aaron Jones are all easily players I would take over Dalvin Cook for this season. And you're you're letting la- you're letting recency bias get to you. He did burn you last year, and especially in the playoff times, which sucks. No, he burns you. Do you want? Do you know what Dalvin I Cook feel does? Like he for does you in that the like every year. Th- this is Dalvin you. Cook in the playoffs, which I agree with, Nothing. and I'm okay with because that means people are going to be off of him this year, and I am okay with that. And come I playoff would like time, to take him anywhere I can, and you will have a phenomenal regular season, but you will be bounced in the first round of the playoffs. That's Maybe. what he does. That's what I'll he does every single year. I'm willing to take that risk because I'm going to get 20 point games out of him most of the time when he's healthy. And we already know from half the players on this team, they are shifting into a pass first team. So it could be a pass first team, but Dalvin Cook is still one of the best running backs in the league. And I think that could have kind of helped Dalvin Cook in all honesty because he's no slouch when it comes to catching the ball. So there is that working for him. If he does hold over that solo bell cow role, he's one of the few running backs in the NFL that can. So I think taking him in the first round does come with a lot of like, ooh, this one feels a little dirty, but I still like it because he is a solid running back as much as I like to crap on him. But I just don't know if that's one of the guys I want to target in the first round for me. The same thing happened two years ago with Alvin Kamara, where he kind of fell to the back of the first round, even though there was no good reason for it. You're getting a bona fide stud, a highly, highly paid, one of the top five paid running backs in the league. Does, right there in is the there back a stat of the first. category for that. Do I get fantasy points for how much money they're being paid? No, but you know that he's going to get the workload. I know he he's going to get injured by week six. He might. I'm not going to argue if you're like scared to take him because of injury, because he has been proven to be one of those injury prone types of guys. But you know, like CMC is my RB one. Dalvin cook is my RB five. When they're on the field and they're getting that opportunity, they are the two best running backs in the league to fantasy point scoring. CMC. Yes. Not anymore. Dalvin cook. Nope. Yeah, I have Dalvin Cook at my running back nine at this point. So. I think I have and I get, I get why people have him low. Yeah, if he slides to the back end of the first round, I think that's a value. If you're taking him at ADP, I don't... I the, the way I look at it is, can the guy I draft outplay where I draft him at? And I don't think Dalvin Cook can do that. I don't think he still has the ability to finish in the top five. And I think he has more of the ability to finish in the top 10 still. So that's where I'd be comfortable taking him. I think Dalvin Cook is probably one of four or five guys who has the opportunity to actually finish as the RB1 overall. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh. All right. So we got a maybe by me, a yes by Ryan, and a no, no, no from Mr. Sims. Oh, it's a beyond yes by Ryan. It's a fuck yes. I mean, if he right. slipped to the very last, like the very back end of the first, early second, I, I could get in on that because of what he's done. But I just... Some of it is just realistic like data that I've factored in, and a lot of it is also just pain from what he did to my dynasty team last year. So, Chris just keeps saying data. Chris just keeps saying data. I don't know what he's talking about with that data. Statistical data. Data. All right, Chris, you want to get us uh, finish this off with your uh, Minnesota Vikings player? Well, don't you still have a guy to talk about? No, I talked about Captain Kirk first. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I want to talk. I mean, look. It's obvious here. I don't think we need to spend much time on it. Draft Justin Jefferson wherever he's going. Is that is that not a fair statement? I mean, he's he's a stud. Yeah, don't and take easily. him one overall. Adam Thielen is. I said wherever he's going. He's, he's if I have the one on one, that's who I'm taking. I, but more power to you. I don't even think it's. I actually don't think it's a bad pick. I mean, Antonio Brown was a phenomenal one on one for a large portion of his career. That panned out zero very RB to the death of me. Hey, that works. If that was, I don't. If somebody took Justin Jefferson with the one on one, I would not make fun of them. I mean, is it what I would do? No, but like 
Justin Jefferson's a beast. He can absolutely be the wide receiver one in the season, and he can be a difference maker at the position. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. So I, I don't have any problem with that. But I wanted to dig a little deeper here, and I'm not going to go too in-depth because I know somebody else is really excited to talk about this guy uh, a little bit later. I'm not going to release who that is, but uh, I want to talk about Big Irv. Tight end for, as you guessed it, the Minnesota Vikings. And I think there's a wide open path for him to be one of those dark horse late tight ends that really outplay ADP and give you that ability to have an advantage of that position and possibly be a league winner because he, this kid is young. He dealt with the only reason he didn't get a chance last year is he dealt with injury. So, and now he's coming back from that. The coaching staff has doubled down on him. They have kicked Conklin out the door and there is just a clear cut path for him to take a large share of this team's target share. That seems to be shifting into a pass first offense. And you're getting him in like the 11th round. I, I had it up a second oh. ago, but I moved it to go uh, look at Dalvin Cook. But he's going... He, 11th he's, round, yep. Yeah, and what tight end is he? Tight end 14. That's what I mean. I mean, that a guy like that in that offense with Christian Kirk, who is a solid... Christian Kirk's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. He, I mean, the, the issue with Kirk has always been that they don't pass enough for him to be like one of those elite, wide, or elite quarterbacks. But for your pass catchers on him... I've always loved having Kirk Cousins because he puts the ball right in their hands. So yeah. getting a guy that's going to have a target share of that and an elevated offense, I- I'm in. Sign me yeah. up. Big Irv. Kirk Cousins will throw 33 touchdowns. Adam Thielen will catch 13 of them. Justin Jefferson will get eight. And then the rest is up for grabs. And probably going to Big Irv, which anybody that's not hip with the slang here is uh, bigger. It's Irv Smith Jr. So. And yeah, Adam was, still I'm pretty sucks. sure he was my hit of the year last year. And I, I, you guys know how I feel well, about Well, you Big probably Irv. pivoted because he got hurt. Mids. He got Pivot. hurt in the preseason. Pivot. We did yeah, I, the year before preseason. I think the, one of the main things is something that I believe Ryan is wrong on, and I think that we have seen the finality of Mr. Adam Thielen. We've he been saying that for the, four years. I agree with that. Adam and, Thielen and is eventually lost. it happens, Ryan. They 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 don't live forever. Ryan right? doesn't. He's and, right there with Marvin Jones. Ryan's gonna love him forever. He's yeah, I don't love Adam. Too. I hate Adam Thielen. He's going to get you some weeks. Fiber of my being. He will get you some weeks. Don't get me wrong, but I think that this is going to be the cliff fall for Adam Thielen, and that's why I'm all over Irv Smith this year, and I will be overdrafting him. If he's going in the 11th round, I'll take him in the 9th. I don't care because if I'm targeting, if I miss out on those top six guys, that is the guy I want on my team, and I will make a move for him early in my draft for him. Love it. Anybody else with the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, if you take Cook, take Madison. You better do it. I, I if you don't take if just draft Alexander Madison. Period. If you want, who's actually going to be the RB one for the Minnesota Vikings oh, over the, the second down. half of the year when Cook's on IR? So, yeah, I'm not a big handcuff guy, but he is a zero RB target for me for sure. Okay, you and your zero RB. I can't wait to watch this fail for you. <laughs> I don't fail at anything I do. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a success story. Didn't you not have the 101 in our Dynasty League last year? I think that, that was kind of a failure. No, never had the 101 you in the last You didn't even have your like pick. 10 years. You literally had the 101 years. last year in our Dynasty League. Oh, oh, when I tore my team down to shreds? Uh, you still tore You tore your team down to shreds without having your own first-round pick. I'd call that a fail. Anywho. You know where right. to find us. Well, I just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Make sure to hit us up on any of those social media platforms at HitStickFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. As well as our own personal Twitter. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. Also, any long form feedback, send us an email at hitstickfancy at gmail.com. Good night, everybody.
Fuck you, Corey Long. He said, fuck you, Corey Long!